0: All right. We are recording. So today I have on Trip Kramer. He is the founder of tripadvice.com as well as the YouTube channel by the same name. He helps men of all walks of life to improve their interactions with women. And he does live coaching as well as offering video courses and coaching via the internet. So Trip, thank you for coming on to speak with me. I appreciate it.
1: Yeah, for sure. Happy to be here. Let's, uh, let's get into some good stuff. Happy to share.
0: Definitely. Definitely. Uh, and so we talked a little bit before the call about this, but you know, you have a pretty impressive, uh, company at this point that you're running. You know, we just talked about you're running it remote, traveling all over the world while you're doing it. Besides the fact that you're a dating coach, which is an interesting industry, that's just a pretty enviable lifestyle. Um, so I want to get into how you started it. But before I do that, I want to start with this question. So what is the most exciting thing that you're working on right now?
1: And why is that? Okay. So I'd say right now I'm working on a book. Mm -hmm. So I just wrote the book. I forced myself to sit down and write it within four weeks. (laughs) Basically, it was a crazy, it was a crazy goal, but I just made a hard deadline and I just pushed everything else aside and I just worked on this book for four weeks and it's everything that um, I've been teaching in terms of dating advice over the past like nine years. And all just kind of like put into book format. So nice condensed. That's, that's probably why it didn't take so long because yeah. it's everything I've been talking about for years and years and years, just in concise book format. So right now it's off to the uh, to the editor, and then it's going to be live on Amazon, hopefully at the end of the year. And it's just uh, yeah, a great summary of of what to do if you're a guy who's shy and, and needs mm-hmm. to learn you know, how to meet women and how to be, so the book is called magnetic. So it's how to be that magnetic man. So very excited about that and never, I'm not a big writer. I mean, as, as we can see, like I put a lot of more effort into the YouTube channel and videos, Mm -hmm. my blog is kind of uh, needs a lot of work, but I'm I'm more into just making videos. So I'm proud that I was able to sit down and just write this thing because you know, it's not my natural ability to sit down and, and write all this stuff out. But because I've been teaching it for so long, it just came pouring out of me. And mm-hmm. so I feel like I put a lot of blood, sweat and tears into it in that month. <laughs> and so I'm excited to get it out and, <laughs> and uh, get this thing out there. Because I honestly never thought I'd be able to write a book and even take the time to do it. So it's, it's pretty cool.
0: That is. That's super impressive. And so a lot of people though that work online, you know, especially YouTubers because they seem so gregarious on camera and interactive, you wouldn't pin them as the type of person that's gonna be a grinder sitting there and you know, knocking out a book in a month. But behind the scenes, a lot of business owners are. How much do you think that ability has helped you? Have you had to develop it? Because that most people can't just, no matter how much they want to sit down in a month and write a book, even if they know the subject well.
1: You know, there's a few things um, with that. I think, first of all, when you are really, I'll use the fun keyword that's been going around lately, like passionate, when you find your passion. Yeah. But it's true. When you find something that you really love, mm-hmm. it, it. most of the time, not all the time, but most of the time, it never translates to work. It doesn't feel like work. hmm because you really enjoy doing it. So sometimes I just feel like I'm not even working, I'm just living because I'm really enjoying what I'm doing. Now of course, yeah. that's not all the time. You know? yeah. There are some times where you're just like doing things that you have to do for the business and you don't enjoy doing it, uh, but one thing you do is you find someone to hire to do it for you if there's something you really, really hate, yeah. but either way, I think just loving what you're doing helps you grind something out that might be really hard, but also, it's it's really cool. I have a business partner mm-hmm. and so, you know, we make sure that I have deadlines to do things. Now, of course, it's all self-imposed. If I don't make the deadline, I don't get fired and I don't <laughs> get a slap on the wrist, you know? yeah. but, but there is something psychological about you have a partner, you have someone who's kind of holding you accountable to do something, and so you just do it. Now, also what I did was, in that month, I put out very little videos, very little podcast episodes, and almost did nothing else except for write the book. So Mm -hmm. there was never any time that I was distracted by anything else. It was like, what am I doing today? Oh, well, I'm eating, I'm sleeping, I'm writing this book. That's That's pretty much it, right? So when you give yourself that space, if you can, again, I'm able to do that now because I'm seven years into the business and I've outsourced and hired so many people to do things for me that Mm -hmm. I can do that. If you're just starting the business, just trying to get it up, just trying to start a YouTube channel, just trying to create your course, just trying to refine your service, trying to get clients and you're writing a book, that book's going to take you probably a very long time. And of <laughs> course it is, right? So yeah. and that's probably one of the reasons why I haven't done it up until now. Most people yeah. write books right away, especially in my industry. Like, oh, you write a book as soon as you can, or you try to even get it published because mm-hmm. if you're a published author, like officially published by a mm-hmm. publishing company, then you have more credibility, things like that. Um, but... But yeah, I just, I put it off for a long time and finally uh, realized that this is, that was the next step in this business is like, you got to have a book. I'm not getting it published uh, professionally. Uh, Could I? I don't know. Maybe. I mean, I don't know if any publishers would accept it, but I did hear from one a long time ago that men's dating advice niche Mm -hmm. isn't a big market for published books. Most guys don't walk into a bookstore and buy a book on dating advice. Women do a lot of that. That's why you'll see a lot of dating advice books for women, but men do it secretly. So I thought, okay, it's going to be a really big hustle to get this thing published. If I get it published, cool, I can send a published author, but I'm going to make basically no money because they take most of that. And so I thought, you know what, why don't I just put it on Amazon get it out to as many people as I can. I can still get it out to a lot of people. I can make the money from that aspect. But even making the book, the book isn't really a money endeavor. I mean, there's only so much money you're going to make off of a book. It'll be a nice little extra paycheck, but it won't be big. So the point of writing that book is to just have something else um, to, in my industry, put it out, have another medium basically, right? So I have YouTube video, I have podcast audio. Well, Mm -hmm. now I'm going to have a book on Amazon. So it's like, kind of checking off all the different areas that your market might go and trying to attack that. So that was kind of like the next uh, progression in the business was to write the book.
0: Yeah. Okay, that makes sense. Yeah, you want to have all your your different channels covered or start to at least do that. Um,
1: exactly. Yeah, all the different channels, yeah.
0: That's that's interesting. I like that you're able to do that though, transition since you're, you know, more video heavy that you also start covering that. I feel like for a lot of YouTubers especially that don't like that. Uh, I know a lot of them have just got you know audio transcripts and have someone write it. So
1: that's. So I thought uh, about that. Impressive. I thought about that. Someone gave me. Uh, <laughs> a tip. They said, "Here's what you can do. You can um, outline the book. Okay, make an outline. You can get a bunch of questions for each chapter. Mm-hmm. You give it to someone to interview you. You answer the questions, or you just audio and just answer the questions, and then." you send it off to a ghostwriter to write it. Mm -hmm. So yeah, that would be, that is one way to do it. But in my gut, I was like, they're not, it's not going to work. Like they're not going to be able to get the tone of my voice and they're not going to be able to, to spell out the like intricacies of the stuff that I'm teaching because they're not, they're not teaching it. They're just listening and writing. And Mm -hmm. so as I'm writing the book and I'm like a quarter of the way through, I'm like, there's no way. There's no yeah. way someone will be able to write this because I'm writing yeah. little details that only I would be able to write as I'm writing it. So it's going to inherently make the yeah. book of more value. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And, and yeah. I did actually try a ghostwriter like four years ago and I was like, here's my program, write the book and they wrote it and it was so dry and very technical yeah. because they don't have anything to add themselves. They're just taking off mm-hmm. of what I'm saying. Yeah, so, they just
0: have the surface level. What's in the program, exactly. like no context? They can't
1: yeah. give examples now. Maybe I could do that audio. Yeah, but still, it's not going to be. It's not going to be translated in the exact way. So, I would say to anyone, if anyone's watching this who is interested in writing a book, just write it. Yes, it's harder, but I mean that's kind of the thing too. When it comes to like business and goals and success, like you, you have to go to the route of where it's hardest because you're mm-hmm. always going to be putting out something that's better that's more quality it's more valuable like the shortcuts they rarely work they're just Mm -hmm. it's such the shortcuts are just it's not a means to an end it's really not you're you're gonna you're it's the the shortcuts are gonna make more work in the long run just like me right i i I took all that time to hire a ghostwriter years ago and Mm -hmm. now i'm completely (laughs) scrapping that book
0: yeah, like, now yeah you're like, no point
1: doing it all over again there's no point, and that's kind yeah. of what I've learned you know one of the big learning lessons from from building the business is like you gotta you gotta do things that are really hard and that are really grinding it will be more beneficial in the long run
0: yep yeah and i could I could see that with the book too when you're talking about that you just, I just visualize you trying to you know write out on paper interactions between two people, which is something. You know, until you're actually writing each scene out, it's like, you're not going to visualize the detail because it's not something people are used to walking someone through in the spoken language. It's like, you're seeing it. So it's hard to, that, that seems like to be a hard thing to get a ghostwriter to do.
1: Yeah, Definitely. totally. Or, you know, I couldn't, do, I couldn't do it either for another industry that I didn't know. It's like, yeah, it's, you, you got, you know, you, you got to be the one writing the stuff that you're knowledgeable about. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just going to come through way better.
0: Yeah. No, that totally makes sense. Um, so you know, we talked a little bit about your. You started off really hardcore on the video. So I had a pretty extensive background in the film industry. You worked as an executive, an assistant, an executive assistant. You're a tape logger. Uh, for yeah. I think it was parental control at MTV. Yeah, you wow, did, a you, of, you yeah, did a bunch of yeah, a bunch of jobs. Yeah, a bunch of jobs. Well, because it's that's the interesting part to me about guys like yourself who people see now and they're like, oh, that's just he's just a YouTube celebrity business owner. And it's like, there's this whole life you went through. So that's kind of the interesting part to me is like, how, how did that, the idea for this or any business like start to marinate in your head? Were you thinking about starting your own company the whole time or did it just hit you at some point?
1: I've always had a desire to start a company. I've Mm -hmm. always had a desire to start a company online, but but really it's not like I was sitting there being like, okay, I want to do this What well. Yeah. Should I do right. It kind of came, it just kind of happened very naturally. So, so yeah, I was working in the entertainment industry. I've always was really into film and video I've been making little videos since I was like a kid. So I always loved playing with cameras. Uh, and, and so, yeah, I wanted to be a producer. So I worked in the film industry for about four years and I really didn't like it. And I was kind of coming It was an interesting crossroads and, And time in my life, I was kind of like in this, I was in LA, I was in the film industry. I was in a very good position actually too. I was right about to really break in because I was like basically at the point where I was going to be a creative executive, which is a very big jump. So when you're an assistant in Hollywood, the Mm -hmm. biggest jump is getting out of assistant into like a real position where you start having assistants. So I was right there, but I was just slowly falling out of love with this industry. It it was very dirty, and the people in it kind of just were not good people. I mean, I'm not going to generalize. I was just surrounded by people I didn't really admire. My inspiration just totally died. Mm -hmm. So I didn't really like what I was doing. Now, in this exact period, I was learning how to go out and meet women and socialize because I was a shy guy. Mm -hmm. So the stuff that I teach now is stuff that I would be teaching to my old self the stuff that I was learning to do in terms of meeting women, breaking out of my comfort zone. So Mm -hmm. I was kind of checked out of work and more focused on this personal development uh, aspect, right? Definitely, yeah. I'm in this personal development zone. I'm like working on myself and going out, like meeting girls and learning all this stuff and getting really into it. And so that became this passion. And then one day, my buddy he goes, why don't we start a podcast and we'll give dating advice. Cause you seem to be really into it right now. And I actually really argued with him. I was like, I don't want to do it. And he had to convince <laughs> me, which is no so way. funny because now I love it. Right. Obviously it's my, it's my whole, my whole life, but yeah, he had to convince me to do it. So I said, okay, fine. He's like, here, I'll show up at the script. I got the whole studio and we'll just yeah. have some. Fun. I said, fine. So I showed up, it was like a Monday night and we, did this podcast and I, I titled That's it awesome. and I called it Dudes Talking About Chicks. Okay? <laughs> it doesn't exist anymore. It was on iTunes for a while. Version one. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It was like super V1, like me figuring out how do I give advice in this area. But nice. it became very, it was very natural for me, just very natural to explain the whole process of meeting women in a way that I wish people would have explained it to me when I was learning it. Mm-hmm. So I kind of took all the information. I was like, okay, this is how I want to teach a guy. To learn confidence, attraction, meeting women, getting a girlfriend, all that stuff. So we did the podcast, and it was awesome. We did like forty episodes of it. iTunes picked it up on the what's hot list. Oh wow! We had a lot of traction. So now we had guys listening in live every week, asking oh, wow. questions. It became a whole thing. Yeah, and it was so exciting. wow, this is so cool! And I and I was just so I was more into this than anything I was doing at the time. Yeah, and. Towards like episode thirty out of forty, my my buddy who I was doing the podcast with, he was kind of checked out. He was like, I don't really want to do this anymore. He wasn't really into it. I was like, no, we really have something here. We can keep this going. He said, no, nah, not really. And I was like, all right, well listen, I'm gonna I wanna start a dating advice company. Yeah. I'm so in this I w- I wanna I wanna use this as a platform to market dating advice and I wanna see if I can coach guys and do it. So he was like, Yeah, that's fine, do whatever you want. And we did more episodes and um, I'm a little off on the timeline here. Uh, So yeah, we're doing episodes. I start this business, but I'm still working at the other company. And then I realized if I really want to make this work, I have to quit my job like that. I don't have a choice. Mm -hmm. So I quit completely. I got on unemployment. So I was making barely enough money to cover basic bills. Yeah, that's tough. Uh, With very, very, very little savings. And I, and I, yeah, was just working on this. Now it's 2011 and I'm Mm -hmm. unemployed technically. And I started this business unofficially. I don't think I had like a real LLC or anything. Mm -hmm. And I was like, all right, how am I going to coach guys? I've never really coached a guy before. I've only given advice through podcasting. So I put an ad on Craigslist. (laughs) Nice. I was like, all right, I'm going to. scrappy. Yeah, totally. I was like, I'm going to teach you for free. I'm not going to charge you anything. I'm going to teach you for free how to meet girls. Reply back and I'll take you out. One person replied. That's all need. <laughs> I met up with this guy and I took him out and I helped him and yeah. he, he loved it. He was like, this is amazing. And he really liked it. I really liked the whole process and yeah. it gave me even further motivation to say, hey, I could do this. So, yeah. so now we're in mid 2011 uh, and now at this point, I'm realizing I got to start marketing this thing. Because mm-hmm. my uh, ex-partner on this podcast, he quit. So the podcast was done. So the podcast ends, okay. and then we, uh, and he moves. And so now I'm like, all right, I got I to gotta figure out how to do this. And podcasts, believe it or not, it's really difficult to set up a podcast. You need uh, you know, either a studio or somewhere to record, somewhere where it sounds good, and there's a lot of tech involved. It was just I didn't know how to figure all that out. I didn't really want to, but one thing mm-hmm. I knew was, was video. And video is yeah. easy, you know, make a video, upload it to YouTube. It's done. Yeah. So I started a YouTube channel, not the one that you see now where it's gone now. Okay? It, was, okay. it was, it was like V2. Yeah. Okay. So I start this YouTube channel. It was called the social rules. And I knew okay. nothing about marketing. I had no idea, but I did know how to create a little show. So that's what it was. It was more of like a show where it was episodic, episode one, two, three, four. Every episode had a theme to it. I had multiple uh segments where I had people kind of giving maybe a little bit of advice and also some funny interviews on the street. And then I'd give some advice and I'd have some like girl advice and and funny skits, I had like, this funny skit that was called Teaching People Sex Positions, but I was doing it with coffee dolls <laughs> yeah, and, yeah, and yeah. showing it. So it was kind <laughs> of this, like this, it was funny, but I was trying to be serious. It was kind of a mess, but it was really yeah. cool. I and mean, it turned out really well. And I put all of my effort into this thing, made 20 episodes each 10 minutes long, and it didn't do anything. Nothing happened. I put it on YouTube and okay. it got zero traction and it wasn't working. Yeah. So, Now I'm like, oh, what do I do? Do I? That sounds like a lot of work. Those types of episodes. I was directing it. I was editing it. I didn't have any money. So I was doing everything myself. I did have a buddy who was an executive producer on it. So he was helping me do it. He was an actor and he was in it. Mm -hmm. But it, uh, yeah, it just, nothing happened with it. So then I, I saw on YouTube, now we're in 2012. I saw on YouTube, people were just sitting down in front of a camera and just giving advice. Just like this. Yeah, yeah. And I was like, wow, that sounds so much easier. Maybe that's what I have to do. Maybe I just got to sit down and just give them the advice and not do all this fancy editing and, and show kind of thing. Yeah, but I started to do it. And uh, I remember like, lying in bed one night. I was like, I knew, ex- I knew exactly what the first episode was going to be and what I was going to talk about. And, and I came up with all these ideas of different videos to make and different, different topics. And so I set up the camera on my balcony, and I just started recording videos. Mm -hmm. And then, and then again, nothing was happening. And I was like, okay, nothing's really happening. And then I came across a course, which was about YouTube marketing for small businesses. I was like, perfect. I Mm got to buy this thing. It's a hundred bucks. So I bought Mm -hmm. it and I just followed every little thing that this course said. I sat down. I remember, I'll tell you a quick story. I remember I'm doing this course and I'm watching the videos and I'm taking notes. And I'm like, all right, I got to implement this thing and this thing with the YouTube and how to title it and and make it make it good and make people watch it and I remember I was watching this one video and it was saying you can't make videos that you want to make you have to make videos that other people want to watch so you have to find out the questions that your market is asking and answer those questions and I was like oh I'm like I don't want to do that And this is a common thing that I see with 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 business owners in this kind of industry in this niche is
0: Mm
1: -hmm. it comes to information people just want to talk about whatever they want to talk about but not everyone is you're not connecting with your audience because they might not be asking those questions. Um, For example, I did a video called, uh, you know, how to set up your apartment for a girl.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: Now, while that's a good video, and I think guys should know that, that's not really what guys were asking. They weren't asking, how do I set up my apartment for a girl? They Mm are asking questions like, how do I ask a girl out? How do I talk to girls? Mm -hmm. How do I kiss a girl? How do I get confidence, right? Those things. And so this course taught me how to find those questions. But I was sitting there and just like, oh man, like it really gets <laughs> creativity because mm. you can't just do what you want to do. You got to, you got to stay in this kind of structure. Yeah. And I remember I was in a cafe and I was waiting for my car to get fixed because there was something, it was like a 1997 Honda Civic and it was, Totally breaking down every three months, I had to get a new. Car get. <laughs> okay. i remember I was sitting there. I'm in the cafe. I'm taking notes, taking notes, like trying to make this thing work. And I get a call from the guy who's like, "Okay, your car is done. Hey, I just want to let you know, it's gonna be seven hundred dollars to, to fix, blah blah oh, blah. Holy shit! like it's a lot of money. Mm-hmm. A lot of money, especially when you're not making any money. Just
0: a '97 Civic, like, yeah, or, or a quarter, or whatever. That's a right, lot.
1: Yeah, it's just a lot. I was like, ah, seven hundred bucks. All right, I don't have a choice. So I was like, okay, like it's fine. So I got that call, and I'm just like, all right, I need to make this business work. I'm just going to do whatever it takes. So I just finished the rest of that course and implemented everything it told me. And then I started getting more views to the YouTube channel. And then I saw traction. And I'm so glad that I found that course. and I'm so glad that I had that moment where I was like, all right, I'm just going to find out what works and do it. And whatever worked, and I still have that mentality today. It's like whatever is working, I'm going to do it mm-hmm. because I have a goal and a mission, which is building this business and doing it at any cost that I need to. So that's been kind of the strategy since then, and it hasn't really failed me yet. And it keeps growing and growing. It's been awesome.
0: Wow, that's that's pretty. That's a yeah. There's a lot of uh, ups and downs at the beginning of that. And- oh, there's
1: still, there's always ups and downs. There's still ups and downs all the time, all the time. It eats at you. Being an entrepreneur eats at you. It's really hard. I don't, I'm not going to ever tell anyone not to do it, but I need people to be prepared. Mm -hmm. If you want to be an entrepreneur, it's fucking hard. There's Mm -hmm. a lot of work. There's a lot of grind. There's a lot of hustle. There's a lot of sacrifice you have to make because you're working a lot. Mm -hmm. You know, I mean, and you're going to have months that are rough. You're going to have months that are great. You're going to have years that are rough. You're going to have years that are great. But I want to inspire people and tell people if you have a great idea and you really believe in it and you think it's going to work, then you should do it. Because when you get those good months, those good years, it's like no other feeling in the world. You're on top of the world. You feel amazing yeah. Like yeah. You create something <clears throat> and it's working. Mm -hmm. And you're your own boss and you're doing your thing. But it's like the yin and the yang. You know what I mean? Like there's always (laughs) both sides to the coin. And to reach those moments, to grasp those moments of, oh, it's working. I'm doing it. I feel amazing. Yes, yes, yes. You do have to go through a lot of struggle. And I want people to know that because I want people to see and be aware of when they're in the struggle moments, when they're like, Mm -hmm. this is really hard right now and I want to give up or I'm so angry, so upset, so emotional, whatever it is, hopefully you can step outside of that and say, "Oh, wait a minute. Yep, this is one of those moments <laughs> I just have to keep going and push through it to yeah. the other side." Yeah. Some people make it, some people don't. It all depends. You got to have a lot of drive. A yeah. lot of drive. So, to keep pushing, pushing through those low points. Yeah, yeah, exactly, to keep pushing through when it's when it's And it's really tough when you're just like, is it worth it? Is it worth it? I mean, I've had plenty of times where, I mean, especially in the beginning, I was like, this is not going to work. But the thing was, I never had a moment where I was like, well, what's my, what's my plan B? I Mm. never had a plan B. My plan B was, oh, this time Uber wasn't around. Even if Uber was around, they wouldn't take my (laughs) 9700 driver. But it was, I was like, I'm going to be a pizza delivery boy and then continue to make this work. That oh, wow. was plan yeah. B was just get another job to make money while I still work on this. So yeah. that was another thing. It was pushing myself out of the plane. You know what I mean? Like there's mm-hmm. only one option and it's, it's, it's ripping that cord and that's it. You know, you give yourself one option. It's like do or die. And I had that because I really believed in it and believed I could do, do it well. And and I just loved it. I love it. I, mean, I enjoy it. I'm talking about the same topics for nine years at this point and I still love it. So I think that's what keeps me going.
0: Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's the interesting part. It's like for most entrepreneurs or not most, but a lot, you know, they'll try anything because they just want to be an entrepreneur. But in this case, it seemed like you almost had decided pretty early on you wanted to stick in the dating industry. So like, was that the case? Like, what would happen if that, you know, you know your, your minimum vile client uh, didn't come out? Like, if you hadn't come out that night and, 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 you know, responded to that Craigslist ad, do you think you would have stuck with dating or do you think, like, why'd you end up sticking
1: with dating? I think I would have, yeah. Honestly, it's funny, you know, in this moment, I kind of, I don't really see myself as an entrepreneur. I don't know. I don't know what the definition of an entrepreneur is. It's someone who okay. starts multiple businesses. I mean, I technically yeah, yeah. Yeah, I guess I'm an entrepreneur because I started a business. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, and even before that, I used to start little businesses all the time. So I have the entrepreneurial spirit, but I'm not someone who necessarily is always thinking of new business ideas to do. Mm -hmm. I do in my, in my industry, I'm always coming up with ideas, but it's always in the dating advice industry. So, you know, I don't know if the dating advice industry just died tomorrow, would I get a job? No, I'd probably (laughs) still be an entrepreneur and I'd come up with something. Mm-hmm. So I would stay there, but I, I'm not like I I don't consider myself a serial business starter. Yeah. Which to me, when I hear the word entrepreneur, it's someone who's always coming up with ideas and building different businesses and that's cool, but I'm really just, I'm so zoned in on this to make this work. And then when this is, there's so much more work to be done. I mean, there's so like, you know, I just wrote a book. Like, that's another thing that like, there's so many things to keep doing. And people always ask me, why don't you give a, a dating advice to women? I say, well, one, I don't really know how, to be honest. Uh, (laughs) I'm sure I can maybe figure it out. But even if I did, that's another business. Okay, so what happens now? Now I have a men's dating advice business, and I have a woman's dating advice business. While that's still in the realm of dating advice, it's still a separate business, starting from the beginning. So what would I have to do? Well, there's only so much time in the day, so I'd have to take away time from the men's business and put it towards here. So now I have half my foot in the men's advice business, half my foot in the woman's advice business, and both are gonna grow much slower. Mm-hmm. Okay, yes, this one is already doing its thing, but I want the men's advice business to skyrocket and boom. So if I want that to boom, I can't take time away from this. I gotta keep on feeding this as much as I can. So people always ask me, do, do women advice? You have the men's advice to do? No, because I can't. I could, mm-hmm. but I can't because then I'm gonna let trip advice, the men's version, not grow as fast. So, you know, maybe, I don't know, maybe in 10 years, maybe something will evolve and maybe I'll be doing something else related or there'll be an evolution of it. Maybe women's advice will come into play, but there's so much work to be done still with this aspect that this is the only focus in terms of the businesses that, that I want to do and start.
0: Yeah. No, that totally makes sense. That totally, instead of trying to do a shitty job on two different ones, exactly. just do a really good job with one. Yes, <laughs> totally. So I want to ask something a little bit, a little bit, uh, I guess off that topic is your background again in film. So you're, you need have some pretty good videos, but your intro video especially is so good. It's like one of the best I've seen, definitely the best for like dating, where you're, you're like riding around the city in a car, and then like the end, you leave the audience with this question, it's like, uh, or will you just be one of those guys walking the street wondering what if, and it's like such a good hook. How did you, was that again, like your film production background just coming into play, or did you get help with that? How did you get the
1: idea for it, and what is it, what's the message you're trying so that's to that's my Matthew McConaughey Lincoln commercial. Ah, okay, okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah. If, anyone, if anyone saw that, it's nice. so funny. It's so similar. He has that video. Where he's driving the Lincoln. It yeah. like, oh, it's all intense talking about his Lincoln. No, yeah. I, so what happened was uh, in that time, and that was 2015, I had a mm-hmm. film crew that I hired. and nice. They were very professional, very, really awesome. Young kids to 19 years old, mm-hmm. and they were so good. And so one day they came to me, and they were like, hey, listen, an opportunity just came up. We know a guy who worked on the Fast and the Furious, and he can mount cars with a camera. Do you oh, wow. want to do a video where we mount your car? And I was like, <laughs> Yeah, let's of do course. it. Of course. And I was like, <laughs> yeah. Well, what, what, what am I going to say in this in this video? So it didn't it didn't start as oh, I had this idea. Let's and I, this is the topic, and let's get me driving a car. Is the reverse? Yeah. Was, you guys are like can- we need
0: to use this car mount.
1: <laughs> yeah, and I had a, a nice so, so finally. I got yeah. rid of the Honda Civic. Nice. And the business was doing well. So I had an Audi A4. I don't have it anymore because I moved to Chicago and, and oh, did nice. a car. But uh, so at this time, I had an Audi. Mm-hmm. And I was like, yeah, let's mount this thing and I'll drive it. I was like, what am I going to talk about? <laughs> and then I was – at the same time, I was, I was like, oh, yeah, I want to, um, I want to do a motivational video. I knew I wanted to do a motivational video, but I never – did it cause I didn't exactly know what it was going to be like or how I was going to film it. So it was always in the back of my head, but I didn't know what to do. I said, Oh, this is perfect. We'll do it. Me driving around and walking around the city. And I'll, I'll, I'll write some motivational <laughs> script and do it. I wrote the script in like five minutes. I mean, that's impressive. Like, oh, I would have thought this
0: was like marinating in your head for like months.
1: Like, yeah, this is my intro video. It's like, it, that's it, impressive. It's it, those moments. It's just those moments. It just goes, <clears throat> it, again, it, it's more natural. Like it, sometimes you have those moments yeah. where it happens so fast. Cause it just, the creativity is there, and just comes pouring out.
0: Yeah, So yeah. I sat
1: there and I was like, All right, what can I say, what's motivational, combined with like I'm saying this in the car, and it just, yeah, it just, it just came out. So I wrote the script, and I'm very, very bad at memorizing lines. So I um, actually taped the script to the dashboard, so I'm, I'm memorizing line by line as I'm driving the car, and then we did different <laughs> things. Like oh my God. And uh, that was a fun night driving around yeah, LA and filming
0: that thing. Yeah, that's awesome. Must have been a good film career. Yeah. That's super cool. Um, And you you mentioned too, when you were in LA, I guess that was your personal development journey. You mentioned you were there from 22 to 30. Uh, said for You said there was a period, not sure when that was, uh, when you were going out about four to six times a week, just learning how to connect with other people. So what did you, like, what was the biggest takeaway from that time? Was there anything you apply to your life outside of dating? And what was that?
1: Yeah, I think, you know, it was a pretty out there move, right? Just to to go out so many times and just practice talking to strangers. Yeah. You know, talking to women, which is the scariest for guys, talking to a woman you find attractive. It's like, whoa, it's a lot of, you know, most guys won't ever do it. Yeah. Uh, and I was doing it sober too, so to make it even harder, but Mm -hmm. I really had this like, deep desire to just get this area handled. And so I think one of the biggest lessons that I learned from this was people are not as scary as you make them out to be. Like you imagine you're going to go talk to a group of strangers or a pretty girl and something crazy bad is going to happen. You're so scared of like the way she's going to reject you or throw a glass of water in your face or people are going to be really mean and guys come up with all these different scenarios in their head that never happen yeah and it was amazing because I got to learn that firsthand I, I talked to a lot of people, and most people are are really cool, you know I mean, for the most part, sometimes they might, yeah. a girl might reject you, but you it's never a big deal it's like never this big deal it just kind of happens and you're just like oh that wasn't that wasn't you know that wasn't very painful yeah i I can handle this and so yeah, so being able to do that, it did translate into other areas of my life and made me it made me f- more fearless with being able to communicate with others. So whether it be a friend, a family member, someone I meet for the first time, someone, someone with networking, something with business, you know, it it gave me kind of this this new uh, social muscle, as I call it, mm-hmm. in terms of you know I built up this social muscle to be able to handle the pressure. Of being able to talk to someone in what would maybe be considered a high pressure situation. So having that skill built, I mean, was huge for me, you know, and, uh, and I really think it's kind of an extreme thing and a lot of people won't do it cause it takes a lot of time, a lot of work and it's really hard. Right. Mm-hmm. Connected to the last thing I said earlier is that sometimes you got to do really, really hard things to get better results. That was another example of one of those it's Like going out, talking to people, getting the rejections, staying out late. I remember there was this uh, one week where I was going out like every night. Cause sometimes I went out like every night for two to three weeks. I did that a couple times every single night and I'd go out and I remember I still was working at my current job. So I'd go out to one or two in the morning and I drive home oh, and I lived far, I lived far from at this point, far from Hollywood, maybe 45 minutes away. So I remember driving home at 1.32 in the morning and I'm falling asleep at the wheel. Didn't drink a thing, like completely shit. sober. Yeah. And I was swerving a little bit and the, and the cop pulled me over. And he, I don't know how, but he like, he just knew I wasn't drunk. I'm so surprised he didn't give me a sobriety test. It was really weird. I just after that many times but pulls know. over. He probably he probably just knows. He just knows. I was just I don't know, smelled it, didn't smell anything. I don't know. But he said, All right, get home safe. I was like, Okay. The next night, I'm driving, falling asleep with the wheel again. I get pulled over again. The mm-hmm. next night. And uh, and the same exact thing happens. So two nights in a while I get pulled over <laughs> so tired. Driving yeah. only one, two in the morning. Luckily I didn't get any tickets and I don't know. I still didn't learn my lesson. I was still going out. Most nights, and uh, yeah, you know, it was hard, but super rewarding. Wow. So yeah, you so you were grinding at this. Like this is like a part
0: time job for you, at least. Totally, maybe more. Totally. How bad. how long was this period you're talking about? Going out four to six nights a week because I did it for is, like a year,
1: maybe a year and a half. Okay. And then it slowed down because I got into a, like a relationship, and then, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, even now I'm single in this moment, so I'm doing it again. I'm going out, you know, and kind of doing mm-hmm. what I was doing before. Um, yeah but
0: you can take Ubers now it's 2018
1: so no, that's, nice. right? you can take Ubers.
0: that's great that's good man that's wild that is wild that must have been fun though I can see that being a lot really rewarding. It was fun. it
1: was fun it was challenging it was you know some nights were terrible some nights were awesome it was it was uh, definitely a time in my life I'll always remember because it did a lot for me for myself and for building TripAdvice so
0: yeah yeah especially for that uh so back on that topic of uh, trip advice so uh you know you, you mentioned that you don't consider yourself or you don't you don't look at yourself as an entrepreneur or some kind of serial business you know you don't you don't have these aspirations to start all these companies and things like this but you did get to this point you know you mentioned one resource the youtube video program what other resources if any would you recommend would you recommend trying to find you know mentors or the specific blogs you got help from what sort of advice would you give to other aspiring entrepreneurs
1: um let's see i didn't really have a mentor but i'm not gonna so but i'm not gonna not give that advice i mean that is advice i hear all the time but i didn't really Mm -hmm. have a mentor Mm i really i guess the mentors i had were just seeing what other businesses like mine what they were doing Structurally, I wasn't stealing their advice or their content, but I would see how are they doing things, and I would just copy it. It's like, can you give any specific examples? Because that's awesome advice. Sure. So I want to know this. So, for example, the way that I coached guys. Okay. Or this is more of the actual service itself, and then maybe I'll talk about marketing. The service itself was: I went out with guys, and I would wire them up to a microphone. And so I'd be able to listen in on what they were saying to the girls that they were talking to. And I'd be all the way across the bar. So I didn't come up with that. I saw another dating coaching company do it. I was like, Oh, that's genius. You yep. can listen in on what the guys are saying and give them way better advice. And for a while I was just taking out guys and not doing that. And I'd be like, all right, so what happened in the interaction? Like, what, yeah. did you say to you? what happened? And it worked but not as well once i got that mic i was like wow i can help these guys way faster so now the service became even better okay so that's one example um in terms of marketing well i just saw how people were marketing and how they were selling what were they selling oh they were selling these video courses okay Mm -hmm. oh they're selling these membership programs oh i i gotta i gotta come up with a membership program okay i gotta do that um oh this is what their sales page looks like and this is how they're talking uh, to guys when they're trying to sell them. Oh, this is how it's designed. And then you network and you talk to other people and you find out like what's working in their business and how is it working? How they're making sales. You know, I saw people, I saw other dating coaches on YouTube. It's like, Oh, I gotta make a YouTube channel. People yeah. are doing this. This is, this yeah. is what's, what's people are doing. Uh, eventually a couple of years later, which was a couple of years ago, I ended up doing another podcast because I knew podcasts were big and seeing, okay, this is what people are doing. This is how they're marketing. Um, You know, it's funny, a couple times, I tried to get advice from people, and they would just try to sell me, it was really weird. Like other dating industry people, or what do you mean? Yeah, like one time I was sitting, this is when I was um, still working at my job, and it was lunchtime, and I I called up this woman who had like a matchmaking dating coaching company in Chicago, Mm -hmm. and I, I was just like, I mean, listen, it was a random call. I called her up and I was like, I, I'm, I'm trying to be a dating coach. I know this is a random yeah. call, but I just want to know, like, how do you do it? And how do you structure your business? And she's like, well, I can tell you, but I, I'll, I'll have to charge you. And I was like, okay. I'm like, well, I don't have okay. you know, 500 bucks. I didn't have 500 bucks to, to spend on that. Yeah. So I do it. Then another time I got another call with a guy and I was like, Hey, like you seems like you're doing very well. You get clients. Like, how do you do it? And he also wanted to charge me to do it. No, I get oh, it. Okay. It's fine. Like. It's, it's value. You don't owe me. You don't have to tell me these things for free, Yeah. but, but I, one thing I will say is what a very scarce mindset. Like I get it. If you want to pay because you're a busy person and you don't have time to tell someone like, I don't have time either. I'm not going to sit down with someone yeah. random, but I'm not going to charge them. I mean, I've told people to, I have people DM me, yeah. people are sparring dating coaches, doesn't happen often, but maybe every couple months I'll get a guy, oh, I watch your stuff. Like, I'm trying to become a dating coach. Like, what can I do? I just tell him. I'll just tell him really quickly. No, I don't have the time to sit down and teach them everything because I'm building my business, but I don't, yeah. I'm not going to charge them. I'm just like, it's very scarce mindset to think like, oh, you're going to give away your secrets. Like, there's no secret. Yeah. Look at all my stuff. I've been told another coach. I'm like, just look at my YouTube video. And come up with your own twist. Don't just do everything I'm doing, but just steal my YouTube titles. I don't care. Yeah. I don't, I don't care. Yeah. There's enough people to go around uh, to, you know, competition is good. It's healthy. And you want to be, be in line with your competition. You want to be friends with them, mm-hmm. you know, at least in this industry. you know, It's a pretty tight-knit community, and a lot of us are friends and talk to each other a lot. And people all the time are just giving away what they're doing. because it's. Mm-hmm. First of all, here's the thing. I could sit down, I could have someone pay me thousands of dollars and I can give them every little intricate thing I'm doing in the business and show them how to do it. That still doesn't mean they're even going to be successful, but even if they are, what is that going to do to your business? Yeah. It's nothing. It's not going to do, it's not going to do anything because they're going to give advice their way. And if their advice sucks, their business is going to be doomed and you can't teach someone how to make the product. Like it's their product. It's their thing, you know? So I don't know. I just don't, so yeah, I guess just going back, that was my story, kind of how I tried to get a mentor, couldn't afford it, and just kind of realized people, are, people were very, uh, <laughs> I don't know. It was just interesting dealing with these, these kinds of people who were really keeping themselves like, like tight like that. So I never ended up having a mentor, um, yeah. but I learned a lot online. I guess I had mentors online technically, not people who I talked to personally, but people mm-hmm. I learned from, people in the internet marketing world, you know, learning about selling and sales pages and all that stuff. And, uh, and then, yeah, eventually I ended up getting a business partner a couple of years ago and he's basically like a mentor, you know, I mean, he's part of the business mm-hmm. but he's always teaching me a lot of stuff because his passion is marketing and he's learned it and studied it hardcore. And, and so yeah. he helps a lot of that part of the business. So, okay. um, so yeah, look at what other people are doing and just do what's working. Like, Forget innovation, mm-hmm. you know, even, even I remember reading a story in Malcolm Gladwell's book called, I think it was Outliers, mm-hmm. and he talks about how Apple, uh, they didn't innovate with the iPod. Okay. So mm-hmm. when the iPod came out, it was not an innovation. There was plenty mm-hmm. of, plenty of uh, devices that had MP3s on it, mm-hmm. so they didn't make that up. They just made a really awesome product yeah you know so they just took what was working but made it better and i love that i was like wow that's great you know it's like you don't i mean if you have an innovation great if you have something that's totally new and mind-blowing okay great go for it but if you're in something that's kind of already been done but you think you can do it better yeah just look at what other people are doing see the structure of it and just make it your own and make it better Mm -hmm. but in terms of the way marketing works, like that's never going to change. Marketing principles are always going to stay the same. And it really just boils down to, do you have a good product? Do you have a good product? And do people want it? If you have those two things in place, and of course the drive, I guess, is like the the secret sauce of it, then you can really, you can build a huge business. You know, just got to make sure it's something that people want. And when they get that thing, does it work? Does it do the thing that they want it to do? Does it play the MP3s really nicely and hold a lot of MP, uh, MP3s? mp uh, You know, do they buy a, advice, a dating course, uh, a course on dating advice, and does it work? Does it get them results, mm-hmm. right? So do you have a product that people want? Does it work for them? Yeah. It's out there. And marketing no, starts with the product, always. That's
0: that's awesome. That's two things you said stand out so much. The marketing always starts with the product. I've had people now say that on this, this from so many different industries. Yeah. Whether it's software or dating, but it doesn't matter. Marketing starts with the product. Actually it was the CMO, the uh, chief marketing officer from quest nutrition, you know, like quest bars. Yeah. He said that he's bar. like, he's like, if you don't, you know, like the world does not need more shitty products. Like marketing starts with a product. He's like my job. Like I did amazing as the marketing officer or whatever, but it was really like, it started with that product because it was so good.
1: So much better than what was out. Marketing is easy totally agree. when you have a good product. Yes. You and know, then you them, that's t- awesome. It's just, it sells itself practically.
0: Yeah. Have you, well, has that, has that been the way it's been with most of your products too? It sounds like the dating, the dating thing took off from day one, like the coaching. Well,
1: yeah, but I've had a lot of failures, right? So the the first YouTube channel was a failure. It wasn't a good product. It was good for entertainment, but that's not what I was selling. I was selling dating advice. Mm -hmm. So it wasn't technically a good product because it didn't give the people what they wanted, which is why I had to scrap that whole idea, start a new channel and just give them exactly what they wanted, which was the just in this case, the direct advice on what to do in terms mm-hmm. of dating. So, and then I've had other, I've created plenty of products that were just didn't work or didn't sell or people didn't want it, you know, um, i trying to think of an example of one. Yeah. Like I think I had, or here's a good example. When guys are looking for dating advice, they're not looking for style advice. Now, that's not very intuitive. Intuitively, you'd think, oh, guy wants to learn how to date and meet girls. He's probably thinking, well, I, I need to learn how to dress well. Right? It's like, that's mm-hmm. kind yeah. of a whole yeah. thing. Yeah. Makes, right? sense. Yeah. Makes sense. Makes <laughs> sense. So I would put out videos on on style, on what kind of shirts to wear and how to dress and all this stuff. And those videos always bombed. They never did mm-hmm. well. It was always a mm-hmm. I still don't really know to this day. I think maybe I have an idea. I just think that. Style advice is really big. There's plenty of YouTubers that have bigger channels than I do. Super huge channels that do very well. But those are guys looking for style advice because they yeah. want to be stylish. Sure, yeah. maybe they want to be stylish for women, but they're, they're not coming to trip to learn style. Yeah, They're coming to trip to learn about dating. Yeah. So, and, you know, so the counterintuitive part is don't teach them about style because they don't care. So yeah. I don't put out any videos like that anymore. Maybe once a year I'll put out something, but um, I, I never put that stuff out anymore. Can I yeah. talk? About it? Sure, I can talk about that. Would I want to talk about it? Yeah, I'll talk about that. But that's not what they want, and it's not going to do anything, and it's going to be a video that's going to completely bomb. So no videos on that. I'm never going to sell a course on that, and I'm never gonna I'm never going to touch it.
0: Well, have you, have you done the videos on like the bridge for that customer awareness on like why style is actually something they do want to learn? Or like, have you tried yeah, one of those?
1: A little bit. I mean, in the book I talk about style, but very little, yeah. very little. Cause there's only a yeah. few principles that the guys really need to know. Otherwise yeah. you can go down a very deep hole with style. There's so much to learn. I mean, so much <laughs> with, with men's fashion. It's like crazy, yeah. like yeah. all the way from how to zip your jacket properly and, and the right fit and Oh God. Off <laughs> links to socks to every part you could ever think of. I mean, it's, it's huge and, yeah. uh, and it's a niche and people are making yeah. a lot of money off of it. And a lot of guys want to learn that stuff, but not for yeah. me. So I'm <clears throat> to talk about it.
0: Yeah. Fair, fair enough. There's actually yeah, there's style really, channels. Fair enough,
1: it's not that important, Like just do a couple things and you're kind of good to go. It's really not the most key thing in terms of attracting women. It helps, but it's not the most important.
0: That's good. Cause man, pff- I have a long way to go, styles. <laughs> but um, so one one thing I I did think was interesting though is you you mentioned the, looking at other people's stuff. Man, reverse engineering comes up from everything. That's another one I've heard. You know, people from from software engineers to designers to everyone go online and look at what's working and copy it. And it's just it's insane how much that comes up. Like you would yeah. believe. Yeah, reverse you know, engineering.
1: Go and needs to be a few innovators in this world, and then you can you can take what, uh, whatever you're trying to make better and just, yeah, reverse engineer. And I don't think there's anything ethically wrong with that at all, it's fine. You know, it's, yeah. it's, it's, you know when, it, when it comes to ethical terms, it's, are you stealing their product, you know? So in my, in my industry, it'd be, am I just listening to other competitors' advice and just ripping it off and saying it? Now it's tough, because the dating advice industry there's only so much information that exists. So obviously people are gonna be talking about the same things. Obviously, some of the things that I'm saying, other people are saying some of the stuff I learned from the past maybe came from other people, but I make my own little twist on it. But you know, if you're creating a product that's marketed in literally the exact same way with the same title and teaching the same stuff, you know, then then that you're just really I mean, I don't know what you're doing. You know, you're not I don't know, you're not creating your own product you're literally just ripping someone off or i don't know there's people yeah. out there scammers who will take your stuff on the internet and just sell it like, <laughs> take, that's crazy yeah they'll torrent it they'll, they'll they're able to figure out how to get and
0: they it. sell it man you see what the u.s government does to people that violate ip i wouldn't want to be on the wrong end of
1: that yeah i know it's yeah so know. there's a lot of there's a lot of that going around that's crazy but, i know it's yeah and they stay anonymous and make money off of that. I don't know. I don't know how well they, they really do, but, but yeah, that happens all the time.
0: That's crazy. Uh, that's super crazy. Well, I want to be respectful of your time. I know you have a vacation to get back to in Prague. So I have just one last question. Um, is there anything a trip that I didn't ask you that I should
1: have or that you'd like to leave people with? Anything like that? Mm, let's see something that didn't ask me. Um, Yeah, I would say, well, I think one thing I can say for people is, uh, this is advice that I've heard. So this is not original from me, but it's something that I've heard. That's really, really key. And so whenever you're doing anything in life, and in this case, we're talking about building a business, right? Entrepreneurship, Mm -hmm. you got to ask yourself why you're doing it. You need to have a really good, why? And When you have a good why, you know how to, it gives you the motivation and it gives you the drive to keep going, right? So a really poor why is money, Mm -hmm. okay? So of course, as a business owner, you wanna make more money, but it shouldn't be the sole why. Because it's gonna be a lot harder if you're just focusing on money. You need to focus, on something deeper than that. And then what happens is, counterintuitively, more money actually comes in when you're not focusing Mm -hmm. on it. So for Mm -hmm. example, for me, my why is the mission of, I wanna help as many guys as possible meet and attract women. Mm -hmm. I wanna help as many guys as possible defeat their shyness. To experience what it's like to be with a woman that they're really attracted to. Mm -hmm. My why is to get as many guys as I can to help them not settle so they can have really awesome relationships, sexual experiences, and live out the dating life that they really want. For a lot of guys, that's eventually finding a wife and getting married, for some guys, it's just being able to meet a lot of girls, you know? And so my mission has become help as many guys as possible. So when that's my why, all other questions or answered towards that. It's like, okay, so that's the, if that's the reason, well, then I got to make sure that I do anything I can to help these guys and, and hustle as much as I can to get to that point and put out the videos I need to put out and, and write a book as fast as I can to get it out to the people and, you know, work all day on editing a video to make sure it's succinct enough so the guy understands and gets it and you're just working on all this value and you're just adding more and more value to the product and the thing that you're selling Mm -hmm. and so with that the money comes you know so it's way better focus on what your mission is i mean you can probably look up some cool motivational stuff on like steve jobs and why they created the iphone it's like yeah they created the iphone to make a ton of money and they knew it'd be (laughs) <laughs> I don't know if they knew for sure. That was a big innovation, but to, to, to you know, make that to make a lot of money, but there was something deeper behind that. you know. And every big entrepreneur has something deeper behind that. Anything that Richard Branson talks about or Elon Musk, and there's always a why involved, so you've got to figure out what it is. And I think it's fairly easy in the beginning. A lot of entrepreneurs, they are very passionate, but once success comes, something weird happens. Like you start focusing on money again, and you start yeah. to get maybe a little greedy and you're like, oh yeah, money, money. And you start to make the wrong decisions. And that's happened mm-hmm. in my business. I'll admit that. There's times where I felt kind of like, oh yeah, okay, do this, do this. And there they they were never the right decisions. Never, ever, ever. Taking shortcuts, things like that. So it always come back to the why, how much value can you offer someone? And then the success will come. Hopefully yeah. you have something that, that people want.
0: That's awesome. Totally. Totally love that. Um, well, anyway, I'm going to, uh, go ahead and cut it. We can chat after, but, uh, trip, thank you for coming on and and talking to us. I really appreciate it. That's some awesome advice.
1: Thanks man. Thanks for having me.